Lord. Amen. Book of Acts chapter 16. We've uh, been going back to this, to the book of Acts for a few services. It's a good place to be. Acts chapter 16 and we'll read here in verse number six and read a few verses here in this chapter. Good to see everybody here today. So glad to see Marvin coming into the service. Everybody else, Lord bless you for coming uh, here today. Amen. Acts 16 in verse number six. Now when they had gone through out Fergia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. After they were come to Mysia, they essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. They passing by Mysia came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into, the, into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore, loosing from Troas, we came with a straight course to a word that I can't pronounce, Samothracia, and the next day to Neapolis, and from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia, and a colony. And we were in that city abiding certain days. On the Sabbath, we went out of the city by a river where prayer was uh, wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. A certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized and her household, she besought us, saying, If ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. And it came to pass, as we went to, uh, to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us, and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. And when her masters saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace under the rulers. We'll stop reading right there. Now we, we, we talked about uh, this incident uh, in the recent service uh, where the Apostle Paul had a plan, but God altered his plan. You know, uh, if you've read much about the Apostle Paul, you know that he was, he was uh, a very uh, uh, educated and no doubt a man with, uh, with uh, a lot of, uh, well, no doubt he had a method and a plan. Uh, by that I'm saying Paul was not just casually doing what he was doing. He had a sense of purpose about what he was doing in this missionary endeavor. And so the reason why that he wanted to go to, to Asia was because that was the population center. That was Ephesus. 
and he wanted to go where the people were. And then, but the Spirit of God interrupted his plan. And then he decided, well, if I can't go south, I'll go north because there, there's a place called Bithynia and that's modern day Turkey. And so he decided, I'll go there, another population uh, center. I'll go there where the people are. But again, the Spirit of God said no. The Spirit of God stopped him from going the direction that he had uh, decided that he wanted to go. Nothing wrong with having a plan, but it's important that our plans be subject to the direction of the Spirit of God. You have to certainly make a plan, but make sure that your plan is in tune with God's voice and that you are doing what God uh, wants you to do. So everything we do should be dependent upon the direction of the Spirit of God. And when, what you will see in this account here is how important it was that uh, these missionaries, that they were led of the Spirit and that they were full of the Spirit to accomplish the things that they were going to accomplish. So he couldn't go south and he couldn't go north, so he said the only other direction was west. So he went west as far as he could go, which was Troas, which was a port city. He couldn't go any further without an, a, a boat and going out into the, to, the, to the ocean. And so he went as far as he could go and he stayed several days in Troas. And while he is there in the night, it doesn't really say for sure if he was asleep. Uh, it just says that to, in the night he had a vision. He had a vision. And uh, in that vision, he saw a man. Now, the book of Acts is written by Luke, Dr. Luke. Most people believe that uh, Luke was from Philippi, which is Macedonia. And a lot of people believe that it was Luke that he saw in the vision. We don't know that. We just know that he saw a man in the vision and uh, that that, uh, that vision was a supernatural um, direction from God. Now, I, I said this a few services back, every dream is not from God. Um, dreams and visions are not all from God, but some of them can be, and some of them might be, and we should be sensitive to however God wants to speak to us and give us a direction. Remember uh, the, the, the prophecy that was fulfilled in the book of Acts, uh, and the outpouring of the Spirit, that there was this prophecy of Joel that the Spirit of God was going to be poured out in the last days. And I'll pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. So a part of this Pentecostal outpouring was there was going to be supernatural direction and insight that was going to be given. And sometimes it would include dreams and visions. Amen. Praise the Lord. So he had a vision. And that vision convinced him that, uh, no, I can't go south and I can't go north. But it convinced him that he needed to open up a whole new uh, avenue, a whole new area of ministry. Go to Europe. Go to Philippi. Go to Macedonia. And there... 
There are people there that need my help. They need our help. Come over and help us. Now going to, going to Ephesus was not wrong because we know that later on he did and a church was established there. Wasn't wrong to go south. It wasn't wrong to go north. The issue was timing and going where uh, he needed to go at the particular time that he needed to go. It says in verse 10 that after he saw the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering. That's a phrase that um, I wanted to know exactly where that came from. So I did a little uh, Greek word study to see what that uh, meant. The word, there are the words, assuredly gathering. It means to force or to drive. So that vision had such an impact upon him that he was compelled. He, was, he felt driven by the Spirit of God. He understood clearly, I need to go to Macedonia. I need to go to Europe. I need to go and to fulfill this, this, this mission. So just as strong as the Holy Ghost stopped him and kept him from going to those other places, just as strong the Holy Ghost said yes to this area. Amen. So sometimes the Spirit of God says no about certain things and other times he says yes about things. The important thing is to be attentive, listen to the voice of the Lord, and let the Lord speak to your heart. So there was a need, and the timing was important. And so they go now to, uh, uh, they get a boat, and they go across over uh, to Europe, and this is the first time that the gospel is being introduced in, uh, in this whole European area in Macedonia, and the gospel is being preached there for the very first time. So they go to Philippi, which is actually Luke's hometown. And so it may be that Luke had been praying, Lord, help, help Paul to see the, the need to go to my hometown. Help, help the Lord, help him to see that, that we need help over there. We need help in, in, uh, in, our, in my hometown. And so they loose from Troas. They came straight over to Samothracia and, next, and the next day to Neapolis and from thence to Philippi, which is Luke's hometown. And he says it's the chief city of that part of Macedonia, a colony, and they come to that city. And on the Sabbath, we went, to, we went out by the city by a river. Now, one of the, when you read and study about uh, Paul's missionary journeys, he would go into these cities and usually he would go to the synagogue and he would go to the synagogue and he would preach and many times, you know, he would, was preaching to convince them uh, that, uh, that the Messiah that they believed in was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And they would, he would go and he would preach Jesus to them in the synagogues. But here he doesn't, which is probably a good indication that there, there must not have been much of a Jewish population there. And the ones that were there that uh, had any interest in the things of God, they just gathered down by the river. And uh, so they went on the Sabbath day down to the river, and there was a group of people there who were praying. Now, I believe that Paul and his missionary team, that they were the answer to Luke's prayer, 
And they were the answer to the prayers of those people that were gathering there by the side of the river. Lydia and all of those that were meeting there on the side of the river, that they were the answer to their prayer as well. You remember Cornelius, uh, who was, a, the Bible says he was a devout man. He was a man that prayed. He was a man that gave alms. But he needed to have clarity. He needed to understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. He had a heart for God. He just didn't have the knowledge that he needed to know more about God. That's the case with Lydia. That's the case with all these that are gathered down uh, by uh, the river there. And uh, she was, it says she was uh, a person from Thyatira uh, who dealt in purple cloth, which was probably, she was probably a wealthy person. Doesn't mention her husband, so we don't know where he's at. But she's a business person. She's likely wealthy because she has a home. And she has invited all of Paul's missionary team. Later on, she invites them all to come and stay. Most believe that she was a big financial support uh, to Paul and his missionary endeavors from that day forward. And so, but they needed help. What was the help that they needed? They were like Cornelius. They were devout. They were praying. They were seeking after God, but they needed to hear the gospel. They needed to hear it. Romans 10 and 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? They needed Paul and they needed that missionary team to come in there and uh, to, they had, their hearts were open. They were hungry to know God. They were seeking after God. They just needed help. And that help came in the form of these that were coming, going to come and preach the gospel to them. And so Lydia, Lydia then becomes a leader in the church. She's baptized that very day and she becomes a leader uh, in, in the church and a big supporter of the ministry of the Apostle Paul. How many knows that God can use women? Amen. God can use them. As a matter of fact, I have grew up in church all of my life and it was not, if it was not for the ladies of the church, a lot of times we'd been in trouble. Amen. Amen. You need some women who, who uh, know how to follow God and help the church and bless the church. Amen. Know how to take some, take some uh, uh, position and leadership and do something that, that they can do with, uh, uh, with the, the mighty hand of God upon them. But they just needed help. They needed someone to preach the gospel to them, and Paul and his group was an answer to prayer. Uh, I, want to, I went through all that to get to this point right now. The, now there's an, they go out another day to the river to pray. That must have been their prayer meeting center. That must have been where they met. They didn't have a church. They didn't have a synagogue, so they would just gather out by the river. So another day they're going to the river, and there is a young girl, a young woman likely, uh, who had been used and abused uh, by those that uh, took advantage of her and to the point that she was possessed of the devil and completely under the control of the evil spirits and, and they were using her to get gain. 
And uh, she was completely controlled by demon spirits. Let me tell you, I, I just I felt this in my spirit that we need to talk about this a few minutes this morning because I do believe that we are in the last days and there's more demonic activity going on right now in our world than ever before. I've been to places and traveled to different places where I sensed the darkness, uh, the uh, uh, just the demonic uh, forces. Uh, some of the mission trips I've taken, you could just sense the darkness and the evil and the control of the devil in those places. But right now we live in a country that uh, there's a lot of demonic activity in this nation right now. Amen. Revelation chapter 12, it says, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea for the devil has come down unto you having great wrath because he knoweth that he hath but just a short time. And I really do believe that the closer we get to the end of the, this age and the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, the more likely it is that we're going to see more demonic activity in our world. I'm not trying to be spooky. I'm just trying to be realistic as far as the, uh, that we do and we will deal with the demonic. And we need to realize that. That's why it's so important that we be a people filled with the Spirit, empowered of the Spirit uh, because of what we could deal with and do deal with today. Amen. I'm telling you, there's no other explana uh, explanation for things that are going on in our world right now than that is just demonically uh, the influence of demon powers and evil spirits in our world today. I mean, the only, I mean, for someone to go into a school and just shoot up everybody, something demonic is going on. They go into a shopping mall and, and, uh, and uh, do that kind of evil. Uh, there's a lot of wickedness. I don't know if some of you saw any of the videos, but last year when the Roe v. Wade was turned around, um, the, all of those that were pro-abortion were marching in the streets, and, and they were like people... It was like people that were out of their minds. They looked like demons, really. I'm telling you, it was so demon-inspired, that whole idea of destroying children and, and destroying life and the fact that maybe the laws were going to turn around against them and they were just out of control. And it was obvious that we're dealing with uh, demon forces in our world today. The fact that people are talking about the fact that uh, this whole thing of transgenderism and all the confusion of that and there people are talking about it and promoting it and making laws uh, to enforce that. And uh, it's all foolishness. It's all ridiculous. But yet uh, they're promoting it as the truth. Behind all of that is, a, is an evil spirit, a demonic spirit that wants to destroy everything good that God has given to us. Amen. So a part of the ministry of the gospel, a part of the ministry of the, of the church, yeah, we are to be filled with the Spirit. We're to be doing missions work. We're to be uh, carrying on the message of the gospel and reaching as many people as we can with the gospel. But a part of that is also a ministry of deliverance. I remember as a, as a young person, as a, 
that they would have from time to time services that they literally called deliverance services. Deliverance services where people would come and people were, were so under the, the power of the, of the enemy and they couldn't get free and they could not get set. But in a Holy Ghost atmosphere where the Spirit of God was working, that prayer would be made and people would be set free and the devil would lose his hold on the lives of people. Amen. So deliverance is, a, is another important aspect of the me- message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Deliverance is just seeing people set free from demonic influences uh, by the power of the Spirit and in the name of Jesus. Yes. Amen. Let me give you that definition again. Deliverance is seeing people set free from demonic influence through the power of the Spirit and by the mighty name of Jesus, that people can be set free from the things that have such a, a grip on their hearts and on their lives, they can be set free. Amen. There are strongholds sometimes in people's lives that are a result of demon activity. That doesn't mean that there's a demon behind every situation. Don't misunderstand me. I don't see a devil or a demon behind every corner. I understand uh, that there are a lot of reasons that people deal with various issues in their life. But I also believe that the devil is up to no good and that he's attacking people. He's attacking good people. He's attacking the church. He's attacking a lot of our families and our children and our grandchildren. He's coming against us uh, with all kinds of lies and deceit uh, uh, to try to destroy I don't know about you, but this whole thing of depression, stay with me now. It's very real. I understand it's a very real thing. And I don't believe that uh, a person that's depressed is necessarily uh, possessed of the devil. But I do believe that there is an oppressive spirit that the enemy attacks people, good people, godly people with depression and discouragement and hopelessness and that is from the devil, and it's demonic, and we need victory over all of these things that are going on. Amen. Sometimes even physical ailments, physical sickness are the result of an attack of demon spirits against people. Now, I know you're thinking, man, he's really out in left field today. No, let's get back to the Word of God. What does it say? Let me give you this example from Luke chapter 13. Behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity. A spirit of infirmity. 18 years. And was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. 18 years. This woman was afflicted with what would look like she's got a terrible uh, problem, back problem of some sort because she is completely bent over. She can't raise herself up. But the Bible says it was a spirit. She had been attacked of the spirit. Now it's obvious that she was a person who loved God and served God because she's in the temple. She's come to worship God in that condition. If you can imagine, bent over and could not raise up, but she's still coming to the house of God, still seeking after the Lord. When the Lord saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, said unto her, woman, Thou art loose from thine infirmity. 
And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Amen. Amen. There is deliverance that's available for the people of God. Amen. I, I honestly have witnessed people and even sometimes young people who are dealing with all of this uh, depression and, and fear and a heaviness that uh, is on them. Parents, uh, we need to be sensitive and realize when our children are under the attack of the enemy. Amen. When they're under the attack of the enemy. And understand, it's not just an ailment. It's something that they're dealing with. And it's an attack of the enemy against them. And it'll affect them and it'll affect your whole family. As a result, it'll affect your spiritual life. And everything that God has given to you, all your gifts and talents that he wants to use in your life, Satan wants to stop that and hinder that. And he'll do it by the attack of the enemy against you. Amen. Sometimes illness is demonically induced. Sometimes it's something that is an attack of the enemy. And don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that a person that's sick is necessarily demon-possessed. I don't mean that at all. I'm just saying that demon forces and, and evil spirits are at work in this world today to try to hinder and stop what God wants to accomplish in your life. And a part of our gospel ministry uh, it should be a deliverance ministry so that they can come into the house of God, come into the presence of God, get in the altar, and the saints of God can gather around them and pray with them and they can get set free from those things. Especially if it's an illness that goes on and on and on and on and on and it doesn't seem to be an answer. Many times I'm convinced that it's Satan's way of attacking and destroying them and, uh, and completely hindering the potential of their life. Just sucking the very life out of them. In uh, Mark chapter 9, it's the story of the father who brought his son. Uh, he says he has a dumb spirit. He brought him to Jesus. And his disciples prayed for him. They, couldn't, they didn't have any power. They couldn't do anything about it. Jesus rebuked them and then he prayed and delivered that boy. That father said, that spirit throws him in the fire. That spirit throws him in the water. That spirit is trying to kill him, trying to destroy him. And Jesus said, how long has this been going on? I'm paraphrasing. When did this happen to him? Well, when he was just a small child. He came under, under the attack of these demon spirits when he was just a small child. But Jesus that day, Jesus that day set that little boy free, completely free. Now, the devil didn't want to give up. The Bible says that he tore him as he was coming out of him. I mean, this was a stronghold on the life of this little child, but Jesus set him free. Then the disciples said, Lord, why? Why could we not deliver him from these demon forces? And Jesus said, this kind comes out but by prayer and fasting. So we don't, we don't face the challenges of these days in our own power or ability. We've got to have power with God. We have to have the power of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, loud volume and screaming at devils, that doesn't do anything. What they, what, the only thing is as we take authority in the name of Jesus, 
over these spirits that are attacking our, our families and our church friends and our, our people that we're praying for and we're concerned about. They need deliverance, and deliverance is a part of the gospel. Amen. Amen. Not only preaching the gospel, the Great Commission. Let me read it to you from Mark 16. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Let me get my notes of stuck together here. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. This is a part of the Great Commission. As the disciples were sent out. Also in, in Matthew 10 and, and verse 7 and 8. As you go, preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out devils. Freely ye have received. Freely give. Glory to God. Amen. So the Apostle Paul, that day, that little maiden, that little girl that was controlled by devils, she had the spirit of divination. She had uh, this ability to, to, to give the future, to speak the future. And so there have been those that took advantage of that, and uh, they were using her to make money. And so the Bible says that this this little girl is following them to the prayer meeting. She's following them to the prayer meeting. She is possessed with this spirit of divination. The Bible says the same followed Paul and us. That's Luke talking. The same followed Paul and us and cried saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God. Now that was the truth. Sometimes the devil tells the truth because he ultimately wants to use that to deceive. And that's what he was doing here. All these men are the servants of the Most High God that will show us the way of salvation. This she did many days, but Paul was grieved. Paul was grieved. Something inside of him, he understood. This is something uh, that uh, is countering the work that we're trying to accomplish here. Wanting to hinder and stop uh, the work of the, of the gospel. And so the Bible says... Uh, that he was grieved and turned and said to the spirit. doesn't says it say that he shouted it. It just says that he said, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And he came out that same hour. Immediately, there was a deliverance for that young girl. Amen. It upset the business for all of those. And it got, uh, it got Paul and Silas and the whole team in trouble. We'll probably talk a little bit about that tonight. But they, they got uh, in trouble because it interrupted the business that they uh, were in. But it was going to further the business of the kingdom of God. It was going to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ because this young girl uh, was delivered from that demon force, that demon force that was in her life. Amen. Now, there's nothing spooky about this, but it is serious. It is a serious thing. For us to, to look at God's word, read the Bible, read the gospels, and understand that Jesus sent his disciples out, giving them the power to preach the gospel, to heal the sick, and deliver people who were held fast by demon forces. And that same gospel message, that same spirit of God that's at work today in our lives and in our church, 
here today can set people free from that demonic influence. Amen. And we need to believe God for that. We need to believe God for deliverances. Amen. I have, I have watched people suffer. I have watched people go through a problem and it just seems like it goes on and on and on and on. And uh, prayer is made and we do all kinds of things to try to see a solution, doctors and everything that we can do. And I just have had on my mind, you know, people, we, we, we need to see God set people free from these things that have such a control of their life. Amen. Some of you have children, sons and daughters and family members, and uh, they're, they're under a big load of heaviness and there's no joy in their life and no fulfillment in their life. And Satan is robbing them of all of the good things that God has provided for them. It could be satanic evil forces that are at work that's got a grip on their life, holding them and keeping them from accomplishing the things that, that they need. And I don't know any of you in this service today what you're dealing with. And I'm certainly not suggesting that anyone is controlled or possessed of the devil. I don't mean that at all. I'm just simply saying that uh, uh, satanic evil uh, forces are at work in our world right now like never before. And we need to understand that and be prepared for that and be filled with the Spirit so we can take authority over the enemy that wants to wreak havoc against the people of God. Amen. And pray for them and pray for them with authority in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit, see them set free. Amen. Glory to God. Lord, we're believing you for deliverance. We're believing you, Lord, to deliver those, Lord, that are weighed down with the cares of life. And Lord, these burdens, they can't seem to get above it. They're dealing with all of this discouragement, depression, heaviness. And we know that that is not from God. We know that it's an impression of the enemy. And we ask you, Lord, to give deliverance in the name of Jesus. Lord, and for all of those that, that have strongholds in their life and they can't seem to get beyond it. Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would set folks free today. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.